a happy, happy weekend to you. And thank you. Thank you for choosing to spend some of your weekend with us right here on CBS Sports Radio. We got a very, very busy show for you. So let's not even waste any more time. Dive right on in. I want to start today's show by asking you a very simple question. If you are a Deion Sanders doubter, if you don't believe in what he's doing in Colorado, if you don't believe in Colorado overall, what does Dion have to do to prove you wrong? What does Dion and Colorado have to do for you to be bought in? Because I think we are seeing early on a level of disrespect that we've not really seen many coaches face before. And this week was the latest example with Colorado State head coach Jay Norvell right, on his coach's show talking about how he talks to the media and his players with his hat off and his sunglasses off because it's a form of respect. You know why he said that? It's because he doesn't respect Deion Sanders. He doesn't fear Colorado. He's not worried or doesn't believe Deion Sanders can make him pay for the words that he said and the disrespect that now ran rampant all week long. To answer the question, my answer is this. I think Deion Sanders needs to have two to three years of sustained success at Colorado. This year's already off to a great start, right? Being 2-0. and But two, three years of sustained success and winning, and I will be converted from a doubter to a believer. But I think for me, that's the low end. And that's why I want to ask you this question. About what it takes for you to be a believer in Dion. Because I truly think for most people, most college football fans, not Colorado fans, not Deion Sanders fans, for most impartial college football fans, for them to take Colorado seriously, to buy into Deion Sanders as being one of the best coaches in college football and being a guy who could win a national title, I think you're going to see Deion needing to prove it for at least the next five years. I don't think the doubts, I don't think the questions are going anywhere until he wins big at Colorado, and then leaves, goes to another school, and wins big there as well. I think it's going to take two stops for Dion to have success in order to put the doubters, put the haters, put the non-believers to bed. Show them that they are wrong. It's a big process. It's a long process. But I think the latest example this week with Jay Norvell saying what he did ahead of Colorado-Colorado State's matchup just highlights the fact that Dion's not, not out of the woods. Colorado's not all of a sudden now, everyone's done a 180 on them, and everyone's buying in and think this is going to be this great team. Look, I'll be honest. I'll tell you I'll, exactly what mindset I'm coming from. I am in the Dion doubting camp. Said right on the show two weeks ago, I thought reality's going to punch him in the face and they're going to get smoked by TCU. 0 for 1 on that one. Last week when everyone is all in on Colorado, I looked at Nebraska, how they could run the ball really well. Colorado could not stop the run against TCU to save their life. thought, okay, you know what? Everyone's high in Colorado. This screams a letdown. This screams Nebraska going in, winning ugly, and really kind of fanning, or, or I should say maybe putting to bed, a lot of the buzz and hype surrounding Dion and co. after their first win. So far, I'm over two. I'll say this. I'm not going to be over three. Colorado is going to be Colorado State on Saturday. I'm not going over three. But for me, though, we have seen one-hit wonders in college football. We have seen TCU come out of nowhere 
and go to the, the college football playoff national title last year, and now all of a sudden kind of come back down to earth. We've seen Michigan State, right, with Mel Tucker, and now he's got bigger fish to fry than just wins and losses on the field. But he goes to Michigan State, has won 11-2 season, not very good before that year, hasn't really been good since. You can see hot starts coming on in. You could see really good seasons, one season, but really makes a great coach or makes a great program is sustained success. That's what I got to see from Deion Sanders in order for me to be converted from a converted from I should say from a doubter to a believer. Sustained success. One win over TCU that has maybe the worst defense in college football. And a win over Colorado, uh, win over, I should say, Nebraska, who's not very good, number one. And number two, couldn't hold on to the football last Saturday, save their life. That's not enough for me in two games to all of a sudden be all in on Deion Sanders, believe this is a title contending program, and think Deion's one of the best head coaches in the sport. Pac 12 is loaded this year. They're going to have a tough schedule, and it's only going to get tougher after this game on Saturday night. How they perform against Oregon, how they perform in USC, even if they both if they lose both of those games, to me is going to go further than what they did the first two weeks. And it's a legitimate competition now. How can you hold up? But even again, just beyond one year now, how can you recruit? How can you develop players? Right? I think at this point, it's pretty well known Dion can recruit with anybody. I mean, hell, he got Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the country to go to Jackson State. He could have went anywhere he wanted. He could have had his name in the lights. He could have played under any head coach and and been in some big-time games early in his career. He chose to follow Deion Sanders and play at Jackson State and now play in Colorado. Deion can recruit, but now it's can you develop? Can you build that momentum going forward? Can you sustain a program? Can you hire the right assistant coaches when inevitably, when you have success, your coaches get picked off by your offense coordinator, Sean Lewis. If Colorado keeps putting up massive points on offense every single week, uh, every single week I promise you this, he's going to get a head coaching offer at the end of this year. Defensively. like that's, that's one of those things where Nick Saban's gone through it. You coach really well. You win a lot of games. Your offense coordinator, defensive coordinator, assistant coaches get picked off left and right. Can you continue to hire a good and competent staff year after year? It's questions that I have right now that are not answered. That's why I am still a doubter. But I would love to know your thoughts at 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. What does it take for you to be a believer? If you are a doubter right now, not believing in the hype in Colorado, not buying into the two games that they've gotten off to so far, uh, two-game win streak, if you are still doubting, if you are still out on Dion at Colorado, what do you have to see in order to turn your doubt into belief? And again, even though I, for me it's two or three years and it's at Colorado, I think, again, I think I'm on the smaller side of that or I'm on the closer side than most people. The thing we have seen, right, in college sports, but even just overall, if you do things differently, it takes longer for you to prove yourself. It takes longer for you to be bought into, right? Dion is different. He's loud. He's brash. He's in your face. 
But to his credit so far, he's been honest and he's delivered. Not many coaches talk in the candid nature Dion has talked to his team with, to the media with. He's told us all offseason, he's coming. The hype videos are out there. And his credit so far, he has delivered. Two games, but he has delivered. But I think that style of going about things, I think just raises the bar higher in order for you to be, let's say, universally believed in. Well, we're not talking about this on sports radio of if you think what Dion's doing is real. In order for those questions to go away, and now we just talk about Colorado or wherever Deion Sanders is, let's say five years from now, their chances that year to win a national title, make the college football playoff, win their division, win their conference. I think for those questions to be asked and, and nothing else, I think it's going to be like five years. So I think most people are going to want to see Deion Sanders have success at Colorado, which so far, again, he is, but also then do it at a big-time program. You know it and I know it. If you want to be right about something, you can move the goalposts easily, and always anytime someone checks off another box, move you know the bar a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left, and say, oh, well, yeah, sure, he won 10 games in Colorado, but now do it in a big boy conference. You know, you're in, when Colorado goes to the Big 12 next year, you're in the Big 12, there's no Texas, there's no Oklahoma, go to the Big 10, go to the SEC, see if you can really compete with the big boys of college football. That's why I think it's going to be a five-year process here. Two games is not going to be enough for people to buy in fully to Deion Sanders. One season, I don't think it's going to be enough for people to buy into Deion. For me, again, two to three years, I don't got to see him go to another school. If you can have success at Colorado, coming off a 1-11 year, where basically for the most part, outside of 2016, last 20 years, they've been dreadful for the most part. If you're able to have success at Colorado in a two or three year span, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. I don't have to see you go to Florida or South Carolina or Michigan State and have success for me to buy in. But I think a lot of people need to see that. I think the consensus is going to be until he wins at Colorado, but also wins somewhere else, the doubts are still going to flow. The questions are still going to be asked. And the criticisms are still going to be there. And this week was the latest example of Jay Norvell saying something that, frankly, I've not heard a college football coach say. He's calling out the opposing head coach. Blatant disrespect. Without any sort of fear, any sort of, of concern of how it's going to go badly for him. That, to me, shows you, as a coach... He's got no respect for the other coach on the other side. No fear whatsoever. And again, I'm not trying to tell you that Jay Norvell thinks that Colorado State's going to go into Boulder and win tomorrow night, or I guess technically tonight, um, on Saturday night. I mean, the Buffaloes are 23-point favorites. This is not a toss-up game. Norvell, I think, knows deep down they're not winning this game. But I think what he's not afraid of is Dion doing something big time about it? Putting a 50-burger on the board. Winning the game like 70-7 to and just totally undressing the Colorado State team. I don't think he's at that level yet where he actually expects and believes Dion can do it. So Jay Norvell, 
put him in the category of non-believer, disrespecter. I'm somewhere where I got to see two or three years of success for me to believe in Dion. But I think the large majority, it's going to take five years for the general consensus of college football fans to believe in Deion Sanders and what he's doing is legit. Five years and two stops. He checks those boxes. I think, again, we can finally put to bed now the questions and the doubts about Dion in college football. It's a long time. I get it. But it's also, I think, how the sport runs, right? Like, I don't think it's unfair to put that sort of timeline on Dion. Like, let's look back really fast here at some respected college football coaches. On the field, right, when it comes to respected, on the field, Urban Meyer was a very successful head coach. When he was at Utah, they went to a New Year's Six game and beat Alabama. But he didn't get the respect he got until he went to Florida and won a national title. There was questions about him coming from Utah going to the SEC. If he can handle the big time. The doubts were there until he won a national title in 06. James Franklin, he was not viewed the way he is now in college football when he was at Vanderbilt, an SEC school. But it took him going to Penn State, winning a Big Ten title, and now consistently being in the hunt for people to consider James Franklin a good coach. Jim Harbaugh, despite building up Stanford and building the foundation for them to be for 10 years, basically, a really high-level football program, despite the fact they have not had a lot of success prior to that, took him going to the NFL for him to get his flowers and him to get his coaching respect. There's a lot of big-time, highly-respected college football coaches that needed to make a second stop, that need to have success elsewhere outside of their first stop in order to be respected and in order to be considered a really good college football coach. Does it mean the same things with Dion? You have success here in a long sample size? Most people are in. But I don't think two games against TCU and Nebraska is enough for me to buy into what Dion's doing is this is being legit, not just this year, but going forward. And I don't think it's going to be enough, and it definitely is not enough, as you hear from Jay Norvell, of people around the country in the game, outside of the game, coaching the game, watching the game, rooting for the game. Not enough for people to actually buy in and think what Dion is doing is legit. That's why for me, I'm going to say five years. Five years, two stops, two successful stops is what Dion's going to need in order for him to get the respect he's looking for. And stop the questions and stop the doubts. How about yourself, though? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You could tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. If you are a Dion Downer, if you are not buying into what Dion is doing right now in Colorado, what will it take? What will it take? What does he have to do in order to prove you wrong? 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. Again, at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. When we return, we'll get your thoughts, but also too, look, Jay Norvell got a lot of flack this week. I don't want to give Jay Norvell, the Colorado State head coach who said, hey, look, I talked to my players without my visor on, without my uh, sunglasses on because I have respect for my peers. 
I actually want to give him props. Not for what he said. I'm not backing his message. But I do want to at least give him credit for one thing. That is the voice of Jay Norvell. Ryan Hickey here with you on CBS Sports Radio. I think the clip that went viral this week across the sports nation that, again, has given Deion Sanders more fuel, more motivation, and to add another chip on his shoulder. I do, though, want to give Jay Norvell credit for one thing, and that's this. Jay Norvell said what's on his mind. I'm never going to bash a coach in sports that tells us how they feel. Because I don't know about you, but for me, I am sick and tired of coach speak. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear about your politically correct answers about how great the other team is. I don't want to hear how I don't want to hear Nick Saban talk about Tennessee Valley Northwestern State University how great their offense is and how if they don't play their A plus game they're going to lose this game. You know what I know, coach? I could be on the field, you'd win that game. Your fourth stringers and the cheerleaders could be on the field and you would beat that team. But I'm tired of coaches always having to dress up and show proper respect and how dare you ever insult an opponent. If you have no respect for the coach or the team you're playing, say it. If you have a problem with a coach or the team that you're playing, say it. If you have a problem with a coach or a player on your own team, say it. I am here for it. I am here for coaches speaking their minds and letting the truth be heard. The more, the better. And so you can disagree with what Jay Norvell said. I think it's stupid. Frankly, I wouldn't have said if I was a coach. But you know what? I'm glad that he felt strong enough about it that he said it. It's probably going to come back to bite him. I take that back. It will come back to bite him. They're going to get smoked. He's bringing negative attention to his team. When you lose 70-7, to I think it's going to be a worse look for you than if you lose 50-7. to He didn't say these comments. But I need, and I would love, more coaches saying what's on their mind. More coaches speaking their truth, if you will, and not being afraid of the ramifications. That's why when Sean Payton said, (laughs) oh, these comments are still great. When Sean Payton talked about Nathaniel Hackett, how it was one of the worst head coaching jobs he's ever seen, I loved it. I applauded it. I want more of that. We need more of that as a society in sports. More coaches speaking their mind. More coaches giving us the honest truth. That is the only thing I'll give Jay Norvell credit for. Is that at least he said what's on his mind. At least he said, you know what? I feel strong about this. I'm going to say it. Screw it. I'm going to be honest. More honesty from coaches, the better. More honesty from players, the better. I am here for that. But when it comes to now going forward, Deion Sanders getting the respect he's looking for, Colorado as a program getting the respect they are looking for. I don't think it's coming anytime soon. I don't think if if Dion smokes Colorado State, no head coach is going to look at him any differently. And the nation's not going to be like, okay, this is for real. For me, I think Dion Sanders, as a doubter, I am a Dion doubter. I've picked on this show the last two weeks against Colorado. I was expecting four or five wins coming in. I don't think they're still a contender for the Pac-12 this year. I mean, not many people are saying that, but still just 
giving you my thoughts and belief. But I still have questions if Dion can truly reach the upper echelon of coaching and be a guy who can routinely have his team as a college football playoff contender each and every year, even when it expands to 12. I'm not sold yet. It's going to take me two or three years probably seeing sustained success at Colorado or elsewhere for me to be a believer. But for you, at 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, if you are a doubter, what will it take for you to be a believer? What does Dion in Colorado have to accomplish in order for you to say, you know what? I was wrong. Dion's legit, and this is what he's doing is real. 855-212-4227. Blake, calling from Houston. What's up, Blake? Oh, Blake is gone. Stage fright. Couldn't handle the big moment. Maybe he's got a Jay Norvell. We'll see. John is in Dallas. Hello, John. Hey, Ryan. Hey, I wanted to chime in on this Deion Sanders thing. And I see this strange dynamic um, at play in the situation there with uh, Dion at Colorado. And I wonder what you would think of it. Because usually in my experience, you know, I see a coach that goes to the players and said, hey, they disrespected you. And are you going to let them disrespect you like that and show up and show them what you're made of. But it seems to me like Dion has almost gone to the players and said, Hey, they disrespected me. And it's like, he's got this group of young men that he needs to have his back rather than the coach kind of standing up for his players and saying, uh, nobody disrespects us like that. Nobody disrespects my team like that, and I'm going to have their back. And it just seems all sort of backwards, like they're going to bat for him rather than he's going to bat for them. And it's it's like he's got this group of, of young kids that are like offended that, uh, you know, these two, these two grown men are having this disagreement. And I, I just wonder if anyone else is kind of picking up on this reverse uh, a dynamic that, yeah. that seems to be a play between the coach and the players here. That's a good observation, John. What I would say initially is this. So far, again, so far early on, right, through two games and through an offseason, it's working, right? The players are responding. You hear after week number one, they're talking about the disrespect that apparently Kendall Bryles, the offense coordinator at TCU, showed towards Shador Sanders and uh, Colorado. Week two, you, you hear the disrespect after the game about how the players were you know, upset with Matt Rule's comments earlier this offseason about Colorado and kind of a veiled shot without directly naming Colorado and Deion Sanders. Matt Rule said some comments about the transfer portal and some teams using it differently than others. And now, obviously, we have on the record the opposing head coach coming after Dion. You're right the sense that Dion's made it about him and he's made the disrespect personal towards him. But so far, John, his players are responding in a positive way. Yeah, you can't deny that. Uh, I mean, they have responded great, and that's the that's the thing that's so strange about it for me. I mean, I would totally expect that if the coach were out in the media saying they disrespected our team, they disrespected my guys, and we're gonna, you know, we're not gonna let that stand. But it's the total opposite. He's sitting there in the middle of that circle, and he's saying they've done made it personal now. Well, who did who did they make it personal against? They made it personal comments about Deion Sanders. As far as I know, Jaden Novell didn't say anything about the, the uh, Colorado 
players, players or their right. abilities or anything like that. He made a very pointed coach, uh, pointed remarks about their coach, and the coach is going to the team and saying, "Come on, guys, uh, we 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 can't let this stand." They've made this, these comments about me. Like, let's go out there and kick their rear end because they talked about me, and it's just very strange and, and awkward to me. Uh, but you can't. You, I mean, you're absolutely right. You can't argue with the results. He's getting his players behind him, and I guess that's what he's using to fire him up. But it seems, uh, it seems really backwards to me. John, it's definitely different, and appreciate the call, man. And that's part of the reason why I think there's so much attention and so much scrutiny towards right now Deion Sanders early on is just because, like I said, it is different. We're not used to it, so people are still kind of looking at this. And again, me included in this, looking at kind of one eye, like what's really going on over here. But I guess what I would equate it to, to your point, is this. It's kind of like, almost like if someone disrespects your father, right? You're going to go out and, and take care of business. Defend your father's honor. Dion, like a, 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 from the videos that are released and how we've seen players talk about Dion and the relationships he's built because he's coached a lot of these guys in youth football and, and known them for a long time, a lot of these players seem to view Dion as a father-like figure. So I think... So far early on, when you do play the, oh, they're disrespecting me card and Dion making it about himself, the players rally around that because it's almost like a father figure to them being like, oh, well, we got to go defend our guy, defend our family. And again, so far through two weeks, Colorado's been sharp. They've played really well. They've been motivated. They've come out there looking to prove something. And the messages that Dion has so far used have worked. Have absolutely worked. Nelson tweets at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. No one is going to take him in Colorado serious until they play and beat, or he says at least complete, uh, at least compete, legit compete with a college with a top college football program. Sorry, but TCU Nebraska are not enough to convince us. I'm with Nelson. I think he's 100 percent right. Look, it's a great start, and he's off to a better start than I would have anticipated. I thought they were losing to TCU and losing to Nebraska before the season. I would have penciled Colorado in right now at 0 2. So I am 0 for 2 in terms of picking Dion games and, and believing he will not get it done. But with that said now, like if you are here like truly trying to accomplish something, Nelson's right. You got to start being the big boys or competing with the big boys. That's not going to be a one-year turnaround where I don't think they're going to go beat Oregon, beat USC in back-to-back weeks, and contend for a Pac-12 title in a year in which the Pac-12 was the best conference in college football. It's going to be a build. That's part of the reason why for me, in order to believe in what Dion's doing, I need two or three years. Two or three years, sustained success, and I'll be a believer. Right now, it's a great start. I have been dead wrong. But in order to truly believe this is a top-flight coach and a top-flight program in terms of being a college football playoff contender... I got to see more than a win over TCU and a win over a bad Nebraska team. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. If you are a Dion Doubter, what will it take for him to make you a believer? We'll continue to take your thoughts. And also, when we do return here at Hickey Night with Ryan Hickey with you on sports uh, CBS Sports Radio, one coach in the SEC, I think, this weekend, coaching for his job. We will circle back to Deion Sanders in one second, I promise. In one second. There's a lot of 
scrutiny doubts right about him at Colorado another man with a lot of doubts and could be out of a job soon could be Billy Napier at Florida the game I'm most excited for this weekend to be honest with you in college football outside of of course my Nittany Lions taking on Illinois it's Florida Tennessee so I'm excited to see Tennessee first real test of them I don't really know how good they'll be this year I think they'll take a step back nine and three ish I don't think I don't think they'll repeat and or surpass the great year they had last year. But from Florida's perspective, if you are Billy Napier, I think if you lose this game, you're basically all but all but gone. He won't get fired on Sunday. I think he'll get fired at the end of the season. But if you lose this game, I just don't know how he, he's justifying or saving his job now going forward. This has not been a very good start to the tenure for Billy Napier right now. In the one season and two games he's been in Gainesville. And if you can't, save your season against a team and a rival you have dominated at home, I don't think anything's saving you. Even though Tennessee's ranked 11 and Florida's not ranked, even though Tennessee is favored in this game, the Vols, the Swamp has been the house of horrors for them. They've not won since 2003. 20 years, they have not won in the Swamp. And if you can't win now and you can't preserve at least bare minimum home field advantage in that rivalry... I don't know what much else Napier has to lean on. Yes, he beat Utah first game last year, a top 10 team in the Swamp. Very impressive win. The issue, though, unfortunately for him, is going forward since that, it's been bad. You lost to Florida State. You lost to Vanderbilt. You lost to Kentucky at home. You had the number four overall pick at quarterback on your team last year in Anthony Richardson. You go six and seven. Then this year... You lose to Utah's backup quarterback in what was a very sloppy performance by Florida on both sides of the ball. A lot of stupid penalties. Offense has been inconsistent and clunky. The best quarterback you can get in the transfer portal is Graham Mertz. And now you lose to Tennessee. If you lose to Tennessee, with, by the way, still remaining Kentucky, Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, FSU, forget it. I think he's cooked. That's why this game is so important for Billy Napier. This can either turn his season around and at least preserve his job for year number three. Or if you lose to Tennessee, it only gets worse from here, and I don't see how you'll be saving your job anytime soon. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Back to Deion Sanders. If you are a Deion doubter, if you don't believe in what he's doing right now in Colorado, or you don't believe he's a legitimate college football head coach, what will it take for you to change your opinion? For me, I am a doubter. I'm not taking a lot of stock or buying in because they beat TCU and they beat Nebraska. I need to see two or three years of Dion at Colorado with a high level of success for you to buy in to think that this is a legit college world playoff contender and a legit national title and one of the you know contender and, and one of the best head coaches in college football. I'm not there after two games. Still a long, long, long way to go. How about yourself, though? Marcus, calling from South Carolina. What's up, Marcus? Hey, Ryan, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Oh, let's hear it. Dion is here. He's here. In two or three years, he'll have a juggernaut. Because the thing about it is he's going to get them dogs that he needs on defense to be a dominant program. So that's why I say you're wrong. In two or three years, he's going to be a juggernaut. He's going to be untouchable in two or three years. So you're saying after two after two games against TCU and Nebraska, you're all in. 
I'm all in, all in. Got my backpack. And, and and another thing too, most fan bases probably outside of University of Georgia will be happy to trade their coaching staff for prime coaching staff. This I mean, is. I, I mean, fans from Alabama were ready to get rid no, of Saban last No, last no, no, Marcus, no. <laughs> we you. are not going there. I'm Do not. You. Right. I'm telling you, bro. I'm all in. I'm all in with him. Look, every fan base, I appreciate the call, Marcus. Every fan base is idiots. If you are an Alabama fan and hoping Dion comes in and replaces Nick Saban, I got, there's no saving you. There's truly no saving you. At this point, you are long gone beyond repair. But for Dion, like the thing for me is again, I just gotta we have seen one hit wonders. We saw just most recently Michigan State and Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker comes into a program that was at a downturn after the Mark D'Antonio era. Comes in in 2021, beats Michigan, goes 11 and 2, wins a New Year's Six Bowl, gets a $95 million contract. And I know, again, right now he's got bigger fish to fry right now than just wins and losses, and he's not going to coach again, at least at Michigan State. But that's a guy right now, you see how last year went and how this year is going so far before we found out about the allegations against him and the investigation going on internally at Michigan State. This is a guy that was on the downturn, and Michigan State looked like they're about to eat a large part of that contract, that they made a bad investment. How about Texas A&M? who brought in a national title-winning coach in Jimbo Fisher, who had one year in 2020, where they went 9-1, and one, went to a New Year's Six game, won that, but since then has been nowhere close, nowhere close to even 10 wins a season. One season, got him an extra $100 million contract, and now A&M, again, is looking, and I think they will, eat about $77 million to pay Jimbo Fisher to not coach them again next year. We have seen plenty of one-hit wonders in college football. Two games for me is not enough to say Dion is, is legit. This is this is for real. I got to see more. Brian calling from San Diego. What's up, Brian? Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Nothing. Um, just uh, the thing about Dion that's funny to me is um, I'm a Pressed. He did a great job at Jackson State. Now he won these two games. Took a 1-11 team. But if you have any doubters, people support him. Think, you know, you know, Nick Saban could have walked in Colorado and no one thinks he was going to beat TCU or Nebraska. And they're acting like, hell, how can you not think of this Dion? Well, you know, he took over 1-11 teams, so I can't believe people get so upset if you have any little doubt about him. And the thing, too, taking over that program is, like I said, how bad they were. It's like they've had a lot of success recently, but even before last year. Yeah. And the team is so new. Like that, You make a good point about Jackson State, too, Brian, is the fact that, like, I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend I've sat here and watched a lot of Jackson State highlights, right? Like, you knew they got a lot of talent there, but what's the level of competition? So it's fair to, like, wonder, like, okay, you can get talent, right? And you can just win games because your team is just that much better. You don't have to out-coach them, out-scheme them. You just say, hey, look, we got our 11 guys. Go out there and just beat them, and they and they have. And so I think it's fair to wonder, too, coming into this year, right, before we've even seen them coach, it's like, well, you had the talent advantage before. Now, when you get up to the big level of Power 5 football, when coaching matters, can you do that? That was part of one of my doubts. And so far through two games, I've been proven yeah. wrong on that. He's doing great. What yeah. would you think about them going to the Pac-12 championship? Like, wouldn't you be impressed by that? Oh, extremely. I'm not there yet, though. 
I, I am not there yet in the sense that um, like this is, this Pac-12 is legit. USC, good. Yeah. Oregon, Washington, Oregon State, Utah, Washington State with a nice win. UCLA is on the rise. Like They have eight teams ranked in the top 25, including Colorado. I would be floored. Floored, Brian, if we're talking about Colorado playing, I guess, where would that be? The first weekend in December? I think the game's in Vegas. If we're talking about them then... I have to. I, I'll be honest. I may have to readjust my expectations from from yeah. what I've said before. That would be impressive. <laughs> Brian, you are the man. I appreciate the call. That is, that is something that again, kind of going back to expectations, where the two zero start is really good. Now though, is we'll really get to see this team legit if they're legit or not this year. Oregon next week, USC the following week. I believe it's at Oregon and USC's home the following week after that. Two big time opponents. Two big time tests that could test the toughness and physicality of Colorado and just the flat-out skill. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Nate's calling from Alabama. What's up, Nate? Hey, so what What more do you need to see for you to be a believer? Like, he won two championships, right, with Jack State? Right, okay. Okay, so now he's with Colorado, and he's, and, he's 2-0. and like, what more do you need to see? Like, he's proven himself. He's brought – it's a completely different team. He brought 81 different players into this team. It's a completely different team than the 1-11 team. Well, it's consistency. I, I guess let me ask you this, Nate, before I answer your question. What, like – what are your expect? Like, what do you think Dion is as a coach? Is this a guy you think in your mind that can win a national title? Not this year, but overall in general. Yeah, Absolutely. After two games, you can believe that. Absolutely. They, they, the way the, the, the players buy into him, the way he's treating NIL, the way he's treating the transfer portal, absolutely I think he can win a national championship. All right. I appreciate the call. That's where we differ, Nate. That's where, like, I got to see more than two games. Again, you beat a TCU team that right now is unranked, and we saw their defense being one of the worst in college football, and a Nebraska team that last week couldn't hold on to the ball. Let's not pretend he beat Alabama and Georgia the first two games, and all of a sudden now, like it's like, well, who else? Who else they gonna beat? They beat a bad TCU team that is, I think, overrated in part because of they went to the national title last year, despite the fact that a large part of that team is no longer together. And again, a Nebraska team that has totally turned over its roster as well, and right now is in a really bad spot under Matt Rule. But again, you watch that game last week. I mean, Jeff Sims, you want to just hand them the ball next time? Don't even take the snap. Just just gift them good field position. It's like also Nebraska for, I mean, it's not like also Colorado for three quarters, like blew them out of the water, took the fourth quarter before things kind of really escalated, and they started punching the ball in the, in the end zone more, but they struggled in the red zone for half the game. When it comes to a national title, let's pump the brakes. We've seen two games. We've seen two games. I got to see consistency. Consistency before we to me before I buy in. That's the mark. I think of a really great head coach. Not only can you win, but can you win at a high level when everyone now knows kind of the secrets out? All right, when we return here, Alabama lost last week. Now is making a quarterback change. Who's the most to blame for right now? The Alabama down season. I'll tell you next. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.